hospitality is not well seen uh, uh, in Australia. Uh, it's not something where you're going to see yourself in 30 years time, you know. It, it's something where people are going to be like, okay, you work for hospitality during your, you know, studies just to make a bit of pocket money, etc. But ultimately, it's not going to be the type of job you're going to have when you're going to be 40 or something. Today on Dirty Linen, I am so happy to be catching up with my old pal, Clément Desmarais. I met Clément through the Attica Soup project. He's a highly qualified French restaurant manager who's been living in Australia for ages. Uh, in the thick of everything in Melbourne's second lockdown, Clément understandably scarpered out of Melbourne. And I think the last time we were in touch, Clément, you were in quarantine in Sydney before you were released into the community to get your new job. Hello. That's, hey, how are you, Danny? It's so good to be with good. you. <laughs> Same. Yeah. So, yeah, last time we were in touch, you were in quarantine, and then I just let you go along your merry way. Yeah, look, uh, 2020 has been, like, fairly crazy so far. And, um, yeah, last time we, we were in touch, I was in quarantine in the CBD in Sydney. And, um, and yeah, I was just waiting to, um, you know, to just to leave and and start my new job and um, and be free, free from uh, <laughs> you know, free from the quarantine and, um, and yeah and it, it's it's incredible it's incredible life has been you know changing so much uh, in the past couple of months and I'm so glad as well that you know to hear that Melbourne is opening up as well uh, you know uh, at the moment and very happy for you guys because I I do miss Melbourne. And I miss you. I miss seeing you as well. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we would love to have you back. But I think, you know, part of the reason that uh, I didn't, we haven't been in touch is that when people left Melbourne during that period, it sort of felt like they were going into a different world, <laughs> a different that's, reality. That's it's been true. really, it's been pretty intense here. And I mean, I was really happy for you to, um, yeah, to t find somebody to take on your sponsorship because you were, you know, as a sponsored worker, you were really restricted in what you could do. It was, it was one of the things that seemed so incredibly unfair about the way that temporary visa holders were treated during the pandemic. You're so stuck. So I really celebrated your ability to work around that situation. But I think I also felt that, you know, part of the failure of um, what was going on was that people like yourself, really talented, highly qualified people, did see the future for themselves outside of Melbourne. Um, and, you know, it's left Melbourne in a state now where as restaurants are reopening and looking for staff, a lot of people just aren't here and some of them are interstate like you are, some of them are working in other industries and some of them have left the country. So as much as I celebrate your path forward, I'm also kind of annoyed about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do understand that. It's, uh, it, it felt, especially over the past uh, couple of months, is, you know, after the, the decision, I mean, the various decisions from the government about, you know, the JobKeeper program and etc., uh, you know, like not to include us uh, in, in, into that uh, part uh, of the package, um, it felt like a lot of international workers and international students, uh, short-term visa holder, like left the country as well. Um, and went back, you know, like to Europe or I mean anywhere else in the world when they were able to do so. Um, so it's it's true that I mean you know like Melbourne is reopening, but even like in Sydney, it's pretty much the same situation in the sense that 
it's not very easy to find the qualified you know staff you are looking for uh, to keep on going with the type of business that you are just you know like running on a daily basis so yeah it's I guess it's not uh, you know it's good to be open uh, we have challenges now and these challenges are to find the right people yeah that's true well, I'd love to dig into that more, but first of all, why don't you set the scene for us a little bit and tell us about what you're doing in Sydney? What is your new role? So, uh, at the moment, my new role is, uh, I, I just took over a store manager position uh, in, uh, in Randwick for a French company uh, specialised in crepes. Um, and, um, and yeah, and so I'm sort of like, I'm t you know, I just took over like a business uh, that's been hit by, you know, the, the coronavirus uh, pandemic and all the various restrictions uh, that there is in New South Wales uh, around, you know, hospitality. Um, and just trying to, you know, find our way through uh, so that we can be able to just sustain ourselves uh, and keep as many mm. people as possible, you know, employed too. Um, yeah. Hmm. So is it a sit-down restaurant? So it's uh, yeah yeah yeah. So you, you do there is like dining, uh, online delivery as well, and then there is a variety of uh, uh, online things that are coming up uh, fairly soon. Uh, so my uh, general manager is uh, is working on that at the moment, and I know that on uh, another store. So we have four stores in uh, in Sydney, and one of the store is actually providing some. Um, uh, teaching classes, you know, around crepes uh, and how to cook them, etc. And it's very interesting. And and actually, there's a lot of people that are like extremely interested about that at the moment. So it's uh, it's quite interesting to see the dynamic here in Sydney. Mm. So when you when you left Melbourne, obviously we, we were just very much in the throes of of the virus. It was um pretty yeah, it was pretty down. When you got to Sydney, did it feel like a, another a, like another situation entirely? Oh, it was a different world, like totally different world. Like it's like, um, so when I was living in Melbourne, I, I used to live in uh, in St Kilda, and during the pandemic, it was everything was closed, um, and and you know like nobody in the streets, very quiet, and then, yeah, you know the the, the weather was a bit uh, overcasted at the time because it was still you know like towards uh, it was winter towards spring, and then I arrived mm. in Sydney, and then all of a sudden it's like blue sky, people in the street going to the stores, and then <laughs> it's like I was shocked at the beginning because. Even, you know, people wearing masks, I, I could not see so many people wearing masks. And, you know, in, Mel in Melbourne, it was like everybody was wearing masks and gloves and everything. So, um, yeah, it's like I, I did not feel like I was still in Australia, you know. I felt like I was somewhere else. Um, but, yeah, that's the reality here in Sydney, I guess. So. And did it make you feel nervous, you know, that people weren't paying enough attention to the pandemic? Absolutely. Absolutely. It was very stressful. Um even, you know, like when you haven't been in touch with so many people for so long, uh, being social is a bit, uh, you know, it's a big step, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah, true. So at the beginning, I was like, oh, oh like, you know, like so many people around me uh, talking to me, etc. I was like, guys, please, you know, like give me a bit of time because I'm not used to that anymore. Um, but yeah, it took me a couple of months, I guess, you know, just to get back on track. And then, you know, now it's kind of like normal, I guess. Um, but yeah, um, the, the company I'm working, you know, for at the moment, uh, is like very, uh, particular onto 
everything that is linked to the restriction, you know, to the number of people that we can have uh, indoor, to, you know, the social distancing, to, uh, you know, like, like sanitizing everything uh, between customers uh, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's good to see that, you know, it's good to see that people are like, you know, take that seriously and that we might avoid going back to something that we've known, you know, already. For sure. I mean, I'm really pleased to hear that. I mean, apart from the fact that it's it's great to stay safe, I imagine the stress of seeing things not done properly would be, yeah, would not, yeah, you just couldn't, you wouldn't be able to stand it uh, when you know how easily things can slip away and go in the wrong direction. So, mm. yeah, well, I'm, I'm really glad to, to see that because, yeah, it must have been really, really strange to be feeling, you know, like you're emerging from a, you know, dark silent world of Melbourne uh suddenly to be managing people and to be having to you know create a a situation to you know to get a business up and running again that must have been personally quite challenging was it yeah it was it was especially um I mean you know I'm not used to I was not used to sort of like stay at home for so long so uh, I'll be sure. honest with yeah, I'll be honest with you. I think I put on four kilos during the pandemic, you know, during the lockdown in Melbourne, and so it was like <laughs> that's okay. doing pretty well, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, you know, like need to do something, need to uh, you know to exercise, need to do that and go out, etc. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a big change, and and yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It's uh, it's something that at the beginning we don't quite realize, and then. It's quite a shock and it's a bit stressful, but, you know, step by step, I think you have to give yourself as well some credit because going through such a period is quite unusual. And I think if you give yourself like one or two months after things, you know, get back to normal, Mm. if I can say. Yeah, you've got to be kind to yourself. I think that's certainly something in Melbourne now. I think people are realising how much they've been impacted by what we've all gone through as you start to re-emerge and you start to think, you know, whoa, that's a lot of people or, you know, <laughs> all the things that you used to do without thinking, they seem quite an effort. Like even yesterday I got the um, train and the tram over to North Fitzroy, then went up to Brunswick and I had a lovely time, you know, eating out, going for a mm. drink. It was really, really delightful. But even things like, you know, looking at the train timetable and trying to work out, you know, how to get to the other side of the city. I was like, it's yeah. like a very mild version of what someone might feel when they get out of jail, I guess. Uh, or it just felt like I didn't know how to behave. And then, um, yeah, then I ended up getting an Uber part of the way home and I just felt like I was desperate for some sanitizer. I just felt like <laughs> nothing against the Uber, nothing against the guy. Everything was totally fine. But it just felt like, oh, my God, all this these human juices that must be around me. I yeah. just couldn't really, yeah, just, it's going to take, take me a while, I think. And um, I think he, I think it's going to stay as well. You know, I, I've got the feeling the, you know, like you do realize that there is a distance between people, you know, like, I don't know if you realize that, but when you are walking, you know, in the street and you cross someone, there is already like this 1.52 meter distance, you know, like you, you try to avoid coming too close to each other. Mm, and in yeah. the store, I've realized that with customer and even with the staff, you know, we sort of like stand with a bit of distance and it feels like it's going to stay for, I mean, you know, I might be wrong, yeah, but I, I feel it's going to stay for six or 12 months at least. 
Yeah, well, it probably should really until, you know, there's a vaccine or until, yeah, yeah the virus disappears like a miracle. <laughs> um, <laughs> so tell me about the feeling of earning money again because I think, you know, you, you, you've had such a long career in hospitality, you've done so many different things and it's just a job where you would feel like, you know, you could always find something and then you were in a position where that wasn't the case. Tell, yeah, tell me how it felt to sort of climb back out of that situation. Yeah, it's uh, it's very unusual to me, uh, to be honest, because, uh, well, you know, I'm coming from France, obviously, and there's a lot of support and packages, you know, it's very social. Uh, even, you know, like at the moment when I'm talking to my friends and family, I, you know, even though they are like asked to stay home, you know, everybody's sort of like, kind of covered and, and looked after. So to me, it was something very unusual. And, you know, I really had to dig like very deep into my, uh, my savings. Um, and so, yeah, the first time I saw a pay slip coming into that after how many months is after since I think March or April, um, I was like, yeah, thank God, you know, something is happening. And, uh, you know, it's probably taken a bit of risk, you know, like to, maybe, you know, like stay for so long in Melbourne, but, uh, you know, all those effort and, you know, pers like being persistent uh, is finally paying. Um, so, so yeah, it feels good. And, but I'm, <laughs> I don't know if that's a common behavior, but I get the feeling I'm sort of like saving a bit more these days, you know, since, mm. you know, after what has happened uh, or being a bit more careful with what I'm doing. So, yeah. Yeah, it's like you want to keep a bit of a buffer between yourself and hardship because Just in case. you've seen. Yeah, yeah, I think that's. Um, I think that is a bit of a phenomenon, and I, I think you know I've seen studies where some of the bonuses or the government payouts that have been given to people around the world, you know, where they think they think they're, 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 that money's going to flow through the economy. Actually, it just sits in people's bank accounts because they, um, if they can, if they can afford not to spend the money, then they'd rather see it there just in case. That's true. So yeah, that seems very understandable. That's true. Um, yeah. So this fortnight on Dirty Linen, my topic is staffing, but of course we love talking about other things as well. But yeah. let, let's talk about that. Uh, how are you finding it uh, to, to get staff to work um, at the crepery? Um, well, look, at the, the very beginning when I joined there, um, you know, like obviously the activity has been reduced uh, because of the restriction, you know, like instead of having, let's say, uh, 80 people in the store, uh, we have a restriction of like, you know, like 30 at the same time. So it's like we, we have to divide the revenue by two even more, you know, even further. So there is a, there is a massive challenge there, you know, because the cost is still the same. Um, so, you know, like obviously, you know, we have like a certain amount of people working at the front, at the back of house, uh, and it's always easier to find people at the front of house. Uh, and especially when it's something like very technical, you know, like for example, a, a crepery, it's like... Um, well, you know, like the, 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 the company I'm working for is doing everything from scrap. You know, we receive the, the, the wheat, we have to mill that. Uh, and then after, you know, there is all the preparation for the, the, the crepe overnight before you get the final result, you know, in your, in your plate. So you need to understand, you know, the concept and the product uh, and, and sort of like have certain skills before you can even consider jumping into that, you know, as a chef or as a cook. Um, and, and that are the, the, the specific skills 
that are you know a bit complex uh, to find these days. Um, after front of house, of course, you always have like you know difficulties to to find someone to 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 do the service and so on and so forth. But it's you've got like plenty of people at the moment that are looking for work too, and so it's kind of like easier uh, to find someone for the front of house. But chefs, cooks, uh, you know, it's a bit bit more specific, I guess. Right. So it's not as hard to find unskilled labor or people who might have lost their job in, an, in another industry and they're just like, oh, I'll give that a go. So as long as they're reasonably well presented and can learn on their feet, then you can school them up for, for front of house. Is, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, it depends as well, of course, on the, the type of business model uh, you have, you know, like we are not like a fine dining restaurant, you know, like we, mm. the, the average ticket is not $200 like a famous restaurant in the CBD, but uh you know, like you have like an average, like the, the crepe, the, the product is like quite affordable. So there is like uh, families and even kids that are coming for something sweet in the afternoon, you know, and by themselves. Yeah. So uh, you don't need incredible skills to be able to take an order and then to bring that to the, you know, to the customer ultimately. Uh, not as uh, much as if you were like into a fine dining let's say, French restaurants. Um, mm, uh, sure. So it's, yeah, you know, like it's it's kind of easier, like uh, from the house. I don't mean to be uh, yeah. mean with my team huh? <laughs> over there. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure that, I'm sure they're amazing, but it's just, I mean, it's a fact. It's like if you, yes. if you if you need particular skills to do a job, then if you don't have those skills, then that's an added cost to the business, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. That's absolutely true. So um, I know that at the moment, I mean, you know, like in the past couple of months, it's been like, a, you know, like you, you, you have to do with what you, you know, the sort of like the environment uh, you are evolving into. Um, but yeah, like I know that it's, it's not easy to, to find those specific skills at the moment on the market. And the people that are around that you are able to find, are they Australians or are they from overseas? Uh Except maybe from, you know, like we have some kids coming for a couple of hours uh, every now and then to give us a hand to, let's say, you know, the dishes. And then, you know, early mornings, they give us a hand to run some coffees, etc. But we are very limited because they can't serve alcohol because they are not 17 years old and so on and so forth. Um, so uh, apart from them, the rest of the team, it's a mix of cultures, you know. Uh, they are French people, obviously, but uh, we've got Argentinian. Uh, we've got, you know, people from Southeast Asia, uh, or of course, South America, etc. And then, you know, all over Europe. So it's it's quite interesting uh, to see that we actually don't have uh, a lot of people from, a, you know, like a, from an Australian background. Mm. I mean, so you've worked in, or like all up and down the east coast of Australia, haven't you? You've worked in Queensland, you, you're yeah. in New South Wales, you've been in Victoria. What's yeah. what's your impression of uh, our industry from the point of view of staffing? Uh, I, uh, okay, uh, so don't take me wrong. I think hospitality is not well seen uh, uh, in Australia. It's not like, you know, like the, the job where you're going to jump into that and do your career and that's something... I think we talked about uh, last time we, we mm. had a chat uh, on Dirty Linen. Uh, it's not yeah. something where you're going to see yourself in 30 years' time, you know. There is no... It, it's something where people are going to be like, okay, you work for hospitality during your, you know, your studies just to make a bit of pocket money, etc. But ultimately, it's not going to be the type of job you're going to have when you're going to be 40 or something. Um, 
and that's my impression here in Australia. It's not something, of course, you get like some, you know, like I think there is two or three good schools uh, in Australia, you know. Um, uh, but even though I'm, I'm pretty sure if you look into that, that, you know, the, the majority of the students are from overseas. So, yeah. Yes. So do you feel like as a, as a hospitality professional, you know, this is your career, do you feel like looked down upon by the Australian community or do, do you feel like you've, you've realised this thing, like this is a great career path, you've realised that, you know, these other people just, you know, haven't, haven't unlocked the secret that this is a great thing to do? Um, it's, a, it's a bit of a tough question. I feel like... Um, Australian in general are like very supportive of the uh, you know the hospitality industry in general. Like they love to go out in the morning and go to the little cafe or you know and and have a seat, read the newspaper or something, and and you know go out for lunch and for dinner. Um, after for the rest, uh, you know, yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit a tricky. Uh, I mean, it's a good question. <laughs> it's a tricky one as well, and I don't want to. Well, it's real. Yeah, it's like there's a real disconnect. It's like you're right. Like people love to eat out, but then they don't look favorably upon servicing the industry that they want to be there to look after them. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's there's a bit of a relationship between those things. Uh, so yeah, that's right. Uh, but I think I think you're absolutely right. There's a disconnect between. Uh, you know, like the Australian people and sometimes the decisions that are being made by their government because, uh, I, you know, like I don't think anybody realized the situation uh, the international workers were all of a sudden into uh, until, you know, like some people sort of like stood out and, 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 and spoke about the actual situation. Um, and... After that, people were like, okay, uh, it's not normal, you know, and this is not what we want uh, for you, or this is not what we want for, you know, international workers that are part of our economy. So, yeah, mm. I think you're right. There is a disconnect between, uh, you know, like maybe the politics and, and the people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and between the politics and the people and this industry that is intertwined with most people's lives. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's like people w don't want their kids to work in it. They don't want to work in it, uh, but they want it to be there. So it's uh, it's really fraught because it's if that if it's not valued as an industry, then it's, yeah, easier to undervalue the people that are working in it and... <laughs> That's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's can turn into a situation that's really a bit of a disgrace. Mm, yeah. Um, it's a, yeah, it's not an easy situation. It's a bit of a catch-22 situation because, you, I mean, you know that, you know, hospitality is about passion, you know, and, and the passion for people as much as it is the passion for the, the right product and, and, you know, and good food and good wine and, and you know, and the, the, the research all the time for, for yeah, for, for what can please people ultimately, you know, um, mm. and and there is this massive international scene, whether it's in Melbourne or in Sydney, you know, and there's this competition that is fierce. Um, you you can go out and find any kind of restaurant from all over the world, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I think you know Australia needs to be proud of that. Uh, they really need to be proud of 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 being like you know it's a worldwide scene, uh, international scene that they have and. 
and a bit of recognition would be, yeah, you know, little tap on the back, you know, flat on the back, and yeah, be great every now and then, yeah. Well, I mean, I I think you're right. Like, but I think people are really proud of it. But then there's just that they're not joining the dots and saying, oh well, if I I'm so proud of it. If there's so if this is so much. This is so much a part of who we see ourselves as. This is who we are, you know, people in this city with these great restaurants. Then you, and then to not want to work in them or to not want your family to work in them or to not, not, um, not, uh, give the utmost respect to the people who work in them, then, you know, it just doesn't, it doesn't all fit together. It's, mm. um, it's a little bit problematic. Yeah. But anyway, we don't need to solve the problems of the world completely in this right chat. Right now? Okay, okay. Not, <laughs> not right now. We'll, we'll just, we'll sort it out at some point. But the, um, Clement, I want to ask you something about crepes. When I make pancakes at home, the first one always turns out wrong. Is that uh -huh. the same in a proper crepery does the first pancake always fail so are you telling me that you are comparing a pancake and a crepe Danny? Uh oh <laughs> that's my first problem <laughs> no I'm, I'm, I'm kidding yeah so look you know like we we've got some incredible chefs and and the temperature needs to be right and because sometimes it can get sticky uh otherwise you know and then you need to grease you know like your 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 pan like you know properly not too much uh, not not enough uh, so yeah, uh, the first one is not always uh, the best one, and usually I know that when they come in the store, they do like a first run on all the pens that they have, and then after that, you know, it's uh, it's ready to go. Uh, that makes me feel better. Like it's not all <laughs> it's not all on me. <laughs> um, okay, and I've I've got one more question, which is, what is it going to take to get you to come back to Melbourne? Uh, I'm coming back on the 1st of December because the border is reopening. So I'm coming back for a few days because I'm going to go back and see my partner there. Um, and look, I love Melbourne as much as I uh, love, you know, Sydney. Uh, I've got great friends in both cities and it's, it's fantastic. Like really I miss, I miss, you know, like seeing Melbourne alive uh, because the last impression I had was like not a very good one. You know, it was during the pandemic. Just to give oh, you an yeah. idea, I, you know, I left my, my place and, you know, usually to go to the international, uh, sorry, to the, the airport, it takes you about half an hour uh, for the, um, the sky bus or whatever the name is. Um, yeah. And this time it took me 15 minutes. There was nobody on the road. <laughs> right. uh, there was nobody in the airport. Everything was shut down. All the plane were, you know, on the ground and. And it was an awful vision I had from Melbourne. So I really want to come back just to see me, you know, Melbourne, you know, alive again. And I'm coming back in December for that. Okay. But, you know, I mean, not for a visit. I mean, to work. But it, we can sort that out. I think maybe Melbourne needs a few new creperies. So you can, <laughs> yeah. maybe you can actually, sort that out. <laughs> I'm actually working on that at the moment. So uh, I'm considering a couple of, I mean, you know, a couple of ideas and I need to pitch that to uh to, uh, to my GM and to the, the director of the business because I, there is one place in particular I love in, in Melbourne. It's the South Melbourne market. And yes. I, I, I just love going there to grab, you know, a croissant or a cannelli or some prawns or, you know, anything even to hit uh, the restaurant. And there is this great little cafe at the front. It's called Clément Coffee. <laughs> and ah. it, yeah, I know. And it's, you know, it's a good little cafe as well. So I just love going there every now and then when I get a chance. So you probably see me around there uh, early December. 
Okay, good. I'll see you for a croissant. Um, <laughs> Clement, I'm, I'm really glad that you've landed on your feet. Sydney is lucky to have you. Um, thank you so much for coming on to Dirty Linen today to fill us in on what you've been up to and, uh, yeah, share your thoughts on where the industry is right now. Really great well, to talk. Thank you, Danny, for everything you've done. And, like, you know, I would not be here if it was not without your help, you know. So I really mean it. And so thank you so much. And I can't wait to, you know, if I've got the chance to see you in December, I'd be so happy just to, uh, you know, yes. to have a chat with you, a cafe or whatever. And then, you know, just catch up a little bit. So, so thank you so much for today. Wow, and, then, uh, and yeah, keep up. <laughs> yeah. All right. You take care and uh, a bientôt. A bientôt. Thank you. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about. We spend a week thrashing around each issue, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This is a Deep in the Weeds production. You know, like, it's the same with... Uh... Hey! <laughs> it's the same... <laughs> Hang on a sec. It's all right. My daughter's just walking in the door. <laughs> uh, um, okay, so... Oh, God. <laughs>